The world is rapidly changing. Nations are perplexed at unprecedented events and conditions. They seek the truth. How about you? Stay tuned to this episode of The Cleaver of Truth to discover what's God's last message to the world. And now, here are your hosts, Dr. Justin Erasmus and Miracle Chogugutsa. Mr. Chogugutsa. Dr. J. How are you doing? I cannot complain. Mm-hmm. God has been good so far. New year. It's going well, quite. Yeah, it's going well so far. That's that's excellent. How are you doing? Ah, say my side. I'm doing well. The Lord is good. Mm. Um God has opened up a, a door for me. Mm. So, it was really great news that I've been praying for. Mm. So, I thank him for that. And it's it's very nice to have these experiences, these moments where yeah. you something like this happens and you can take it with you into the future where you don't know no, the lord opened the door for me back then mm. and he is the same god and he can do it again we have not been to fear the future mm. yes, we shall forget the way the lord has led us in his teaching mm, that's a beautiful so, quote it's always beautiful to look back at what happened and how god has led or mm. manifested his way is yeah manifested manifested himself in your life in the past and that gives you courage you know to move on but is that always the case hey <laughs> <laughs> yo why are we so we, we are so forgetful yeah i mean yeah. we forget tomorrow what god did today oh. that's how bad the human mind that's is that's amazing it's we were just talking about prayer now mm. uh, recently like how we don't record all of these things that the Lord gives us. I mean, it's a privilege for us to be able to recall and, and to remember how the Lord has came through for us in the past. Yeah. And I mean, we were speaking about prayer as well. We we just, we take, we don't record it for what it really is worth. Yeah. And yeah, we have, we have so much to grow and to, to, to grow into a more full, fuller knowledge of the Lord. And yeah. Yeah. But I think let, let us begin our, our study today. And um, I know it's going to be a blessed one. Mm. Let's just ask for the presence of the Holy Spirit. Sure. Gracious Father in heaven, we'd like to thank you, Lord, for this opportunity you've given us again, dear Lord, to come back and to speak about your word, dear Father. May you please reveal yourself to us in a special way. May you do something special for us. May you live. May not leave us the same way, dear Father. May this discussion, dear Father, may touch our lives and change us from our sinful flesh, dear Father, and turn us into um, perfect beings that is prepared for translation, dear Father. May this episode also touch the ones that will be listening today and whenever, dear Father. May Holy Spirit attend this episode, dear Father, and convict people dear father and bring them into righteousness with you my prayer in jesus name amen amen so for the last eight episodes we've been dealing with revelation chapter 14 verse 6 and 7 it reads then i saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth and to every nation tribe, tongue, and people. 
saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment is come. And worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. So the past couple of episodes, we've been studying what it means to fear God. Mm. We've been studying what it means to give him glory. Then we 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 took a look at this concept or this idea of the judgment. Mm. And in the previous episode, we looked at the judgment seat of Christ. And through all these things, we have come to realize that to fear God, to give him glory, is related to our character, mm. which is required to reflect that of Christ. Mm. It is his character that will judge us effectively and therefore we are told to replicate his character to have his character reproduce inside of us um and his character we've also learned is in his law mm. now his law is not just arbitrary um his law is who he is the bible declares christ as not only um, loving but as love itself mm. the, the very exactly the very definition of love not just loving mm. likewise the law is love it is it is a, a personification or a transcript of love what it means to love um, and it is much deeper than the letter of the law of the law it goes it is spiritual it is deep it encodes what the love of God is. So it's it's a transcript of the character of God. However, the law needs authority. Mm. So before we get into today's talk, if I instruct you and I say, my dear brother, please honor your mother and your father. Mm. I tell you, it is not lawful for you, miracle, to murder your neighbor. I give you a whole set of commandments which resembles or is similar to that of the law of God. I can tell you what to do and in your eyes it can appear right, but there is no life in the law. There is no authority in the law because I do not have the authority to instruct you mm. on moral matters. Mm. If I can make another analogy, if you get a letter from my boss mm. that tells you you cannot use the photocopy machine, you get a letter from my boss. My boss has no authority to tell you something. You'll just laugh at that email. But if that email came from your boss, you would take note of it. Because that law, that instruction carries authority. Mm. This is just no, this is not anyone saying this is yeah. someone with authority. Likewise, the law of God needs authority. And there is a specific commandment in his law which gives authority to the law. And we'll take a look at that in this episode. So, firstly, to come back to the verse, Revelation chapter 14, verse 6 and 7, we are told to worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. Mm. So, we are told that we should fear God, we should give him glory for his hours of his judgment is coming, we will be judged by his law. And now we are told whose law to keep. Mm -hmm. We are told... Um, who is he that we should worship, that we should obey? And it is he who made heaven and earth, the springs, the sea and the, and the springs of water. In other words, it is the creator that mm. we should worship. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 and 17. Can you read that for us, please? Mm. 
It says that he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Mm. For by him all things were created that were in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. Mm. All things were created through him and for him, and mm. he is before all things, and in him all things consist. Mm. All things have their being. Mm. All things, he, he is the glue of creation. Without him, everything falls apart. Mm. And we understand that this is speaking of none other than Christ. Mm. Christ is the creator and we are called to worship him. But now there is something specific in the law of God that points us to Christ being the creator. And that's what we're going to talk about in this episode. Mm. So then you, we can ask ourselves the question then, why are we commanded to worship? Right? If you look at I um, Psalms 95 verse 6. Mm-hmm. It says, O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. Mm. And if you look at also Nehemiah 9 verse 6. It reads, You alone are the Lord. You have made heaven the heaven of heavens. With all their hosts, the earth and all things on it, the seas and all that is in them, you preserve them all. Mm. The host of heaven worships you. Mm. And then Romans 1 verse 24 and 25. Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness Mm. in the lusts of their hearts Mm. to dishonor their bodies among themselves. Mm. Who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator mm. who is blessed forever mm. amen and then revelation 4 verse 11 it reads you are worthy o lord to receive all glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they exist and were created mm. so now you're always seeing that one theme is running throughout all these verses and that is worship mm. worshiping jesus christ because he is the creator Mm. Right, so we worship God simply because he created all things, including us. Right, so then was Jesus the creator or was the Father the creator? Because mm. right, these are two different beings, right? The Father or Jesus, who was the creator? Well, we can say that the Father was the planner, that right? he planned everything, and then Jesus took the plans and put them into action. Into action, right? He built, like, the Father was like. The architect, mm. Jesus was the builder. And so it's like they both worked together. Mm. There was no he created without this one or this one created. It was they working together. Mm. And they say, let us make man in our image. It, was, uh, it, it wasn't a one-man it job. It was a joint effort. Joint effort. You know, um, if you look at Hebrews 1 verse 3, it's, it, it becomes very clear. Or we can first look at Hebrews 1 from verse 1 and 2. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers mm. by the prophets, mm. has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, mm. whom he has appointed heir of all things, mm. through whom also he made the worlds. So you see that the intimacy between Christ and the Father. Mm. The Father does everything through Christ. Mm. And you see, Christ came here to reveal the Father's character, not his mm. own character. You know, so the Father works through Christ. The Father created the world through Jesus. Mm. <laughs> I don't know if that's clear now. Mm. Jesus created, 
but was doing his father's will. In the same way that God reconciled the world unto himself in Christ mm. is the same way God created the world in Christ mm-hmm. or through Christ. Yeah. So, yeah. And let's look at Acts 17 verse 24 and 20, 24 to 25 and then verse 31 as well. God who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he worshipped with men's hands, as though he needed anything, since he gives to all life, breath, and all things. He has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. He has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. So here we see that creation is the reason why we need to worship God and nothing else. We worship God because he created heaven and earth, the sea and springs of water. That's mm. why we must worship God. And um, the word worship, the very first occurrence of the word worship in the Bible is found in the story of Abraham. Mm. Very interesting. And Abraham, he is journeying with his servants and with his son, mm. right? And while he is yet afar off, there's this so much symbol, so much typology in mm. in in the story. But he says he says to his servants, "Wait here. I and the lad will go and worship." Mm. Which is and and then we know what what happened after that. He obeyed God. Mm even to the point of sacrificing the life of his son. So it was about obedience. So Abraham understood, what Abraham understood of the idea or the concept of worship was obedience mm. to the will of God in faith. Mm. So uh, very interesting that the first occurrence of worship is connected to obedience. Mm. Hence now we are saying that the motivation for, for worship and uh, for o- obedience is the creation or worshiping the creator so let's take a look at the the creation week let's read genesis chapter 1 verse 33 um, the first two verses then god saw everything that he had made and indeed it was very good so the evening and the morning were the six days thus the heavens and the earth and all the hosts of them were finished. Hmm. So God makes everything in six days. And at the end of it, he finishes his work hmm. at the end of the sixth day. Right. Let's take a look at the seventh day. Uh, we find that in Genesis chapter 2, 2 and 3. It says, And on the seventh day, God ended his work which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it... He rested from all his work which he had created and made. Very clear. God created. God made. Mm. And God rested. So God does all the work, right, on the first six days. And man does what? Nothing. Nothing, yeah. God rests on the seventh day and God makes it holy. So this was this this week was all about Christ. Mm. Man doesn't feature in this week. Mm. In this week, there is no man. Man doesn't have a prominent place here anywhere. This mm. is all about Christ. This was Christ's week before it became man's week. Before Christ gave it to man, which we'll deal with um, in the next episode, I believe. Mm. So, to give an illustration of what this all meant, it's like um, an artist 
it's I think it's a really good illustration and it's used quite often an artist when he paints something mm. you know he paints a masterpiece on a canvas um and you know I I like I like this idea of 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 what he does afterwards um I, I don't think yeah he paints this this artwork and he puts his I can imagine you know he puts his his brush back and makes that cling 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 sound mm. there in the <laughs> when with he put, yeah with yeah. water or whatever and he, and he steps back and he looks at his his artwork and he's like <sighs> mm. wow like he just he's so, refreshed yeah. and that is what Christ did on the mm. seventh day he was refreshed mm. he stepped back and he and he, he he rested he was refreshed at his creation it wasn't a, a rest from being tired and he looks at his creation this this artist and he finds that it's it's not complete and he steps back inside mm. he goes back towards the painting and he, he takes his brush again and what does he do he signs it mm. and that is what the sabbath is all about it's god's signature on creation mm. it is the the recognition or it is the symbol of of ownership Mm. It is authority. It is Christ's work. It is the identifying marker or the identifying aspect of that painting, of that creation. It shows ownership, in other words. So the signature is the seal, um, or this, or let me put it this way. So, in the same way that you write a document, right, mm-hmm. write a letter, or whatever the case may be, you always place the signature at the end, right. So it is with the creation we Christ worked he created and at the end he placed his signature um uh, which is the sabbath and the sabbath was Christ's seal on the work of creation. Mm. Okay then so we're going to look at what Jesus first did what Jesus did at creation right. Mm-hmm. So we see that in the very first week Jesus created right he worked six days and he rested on the seventh. This was first of all Jesus weeks because he worked and he rested so the first week of creation jesus worked and the seventh day he rested right he rested after it he rested on the day and after it rested he blessed and made it holy mm-hmm. so he didn't create the sabbath before he first rested or he first kept the sabbath and then at the end of the sabbath he then blesses the day and makes it holy right So then what makes the Sabbath the seventh day holy is that Jesus rested upon it. It was his rest day that made it holy. Mm. His work of or his acknowledgement like stepping back and acknowledging the beauty of the creation that he had just made. Right? So you can see the evidence of this that um in the fourth commandment or the fourth commandment was given by God it came from his mouth mm-hmm. and he wrote it with his own finger in the mm-hmm. tables of stone mm-hmm. and we can see that in Exodus 20 verse 8 to 11 it reads remember the sabbath day to keep it holy six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work but the seventh day is the sabbath of the Lord thy God in it thou shalt not do any work thou nor thy son nor thy daughter thy manservant nor thy maidservant nor thy cattle nor thy stranger that is within thy gates For it six days the Lord made heaven and earth the sea and all that in them is and rested the seventh day therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Mm. So then 
I think many people believe that Adam and Eve kept the first Sabbath. They, they, they did not keep the first Sabbath because they didn't know what it is. Mm. You know, the example must first happen for, for us human beings because it seems that we learn when we see things. Mm. So Christ has to first do it and then we follow in his footsteps. So likewise, Christ had to first keep the Sabbath as an example and show Adam and Eve what he's doing and explain mm. to them what is happening. Then only could he tell them that they need mm. to rest. So now, because they, they couldn't have rested as well because they never worked. Mm. 100%. You can't rest if you don't work. Mm. That's the commandment. <laughs> exactly. Mm. It says six days you shall labor and do all your work. Mm. But the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord. So you cannot rest. You know, it, I was listening to a debate on the Sabbath and... The, the opposing guy, the opposing guy of the Sabbath, was saying that he's every day is a Sabbath to him because mm. he believes he must worship God mm. each and every day. Mm. And he was told that you're lazy <laughs> <laughs> because every day cannot be a Sabbath. Yeah, you need to work six days. Because then you're never gonna work. You're never gonna work. Always six days must must work must be done. <laughs> then only the seventh day you rest <laughs> from all your labors. So I I found that quite interesting. Mm. You know. So the Sabbath was God's Sabbath. Hence he says that the Sabbath of the Lord, it was his day. He kept it first and then only mm. he gives it over to mankind mm. to observe the Sabbath. Yeah. Hmm. That's very interesting. Um, so the Sabbath then becomes a reminder of the Creator. It's a reminder that we are the creatures. Mm. He is the creator. Let's read Exodus chapter 31 verse 17. Mm. It says, It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. Mm. Right? For in six days the Lord made heavens and earth and rested on the seventh day. He rested and was refreshed. Mm. So it says, It's a sign between me and the children of, of Israel forever. Now, just on a side note, there are many who claim that the the Sabbath, we are dealing specifically with the Sabbath commandment now. Mm. There are many who claim or believe or hold to the view that the Sabbath was given to Israel. Mm. Right? Because it says here now in Exodus chapter 31 that it is a sign between me and the children of Israel. Now that may seem confusing, but it's it's really not. It's quite simple actually. Um, number one, in, in the book of Jeremiah chapter 31, Christ talks about a new covenant mm. that he will give to the house of Israel. Israel. Mm. Now, if you are a Christian and you believe that if something is given to Israel, oh, then it's not for you. Then mm. the new covenant is not for you. I'm sorry. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. that's that's major problems. Mm. It cannot be. Mm. Um, but but that's just being a bit naughty. The, the the reality is that a Jew is not one who is circumcised in the flesh. Mm. Right, we're dealing with the circumcision of the heart, mm. so there, there's n really no issue when the Bible says that it is a sign between me and the children of Israel. Mm. We are spiritual Israel, mm. so it is a sign between us and the Creator. And then the reason is given for the sign, and the sign distinguishes Christ as He who made heavens and the earth. So after making the 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 week, um, the first seven days, the creation week. Um, the six days and then the seventh day which he rested and the Sabbath Jesus gave them both to man so he gave the week to man and he gave the Sabbath to mm. man Mark chapter 2 verse 27 says the Sabbath was made 
for man. Mm. So the fourth commandment of the holy law of God was, as you've mentioned, was written with his own finger. It reveals that the Sabbath is a creation institution. Now on that note, before we move on, there are many who also believe that the Sabbath is a shadow. Right? Have you ever heard that? Mm. Have you ever heard someone mm. say that we are to enter into Christ's rest? Mm. It is a symbol of the heavenly rest of Christ. Mm. Now, I I agree that there's some truth to that. Mm. But but how it is interpreted or how it is practiced, there's, there's some falsehood mm. in that. What do we say, Miracle, to someone who believes that the Sabbath is a shadow? Mm. When you say a shadow, shadow points to something to mm-hmm. come. And when you say the Sabbath was a shadow, all the shadows that pointed to Christ was abolished at the cross. Mm-hmm. So when you say that the Sabbath was a shadow, then you're implying that when Christ died, the Sabbath was done away with. Mm-hmm. Of which that's the reason why many mm-hmm. are not keeping the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. You know, But if you look at the Sabbath, it's not pointing forward. Mm. Rather, the Sabbath points us back. Mm. right? It points us back to creation. Mm-hmm. right? For in six days... The Lord made heaven and earth mm-hmm. and he rested on the seventh day. There, we're, we're keeping the Sabbath because God created. Then later on in Deuteronomy, you see now a redemptive aspect of the Sabbath is brought into the picture. Mm. Moses is now repeating the law, but now on the fourth commandment, he's saying that remember that you were a slave mm. in Israel mm. and that God delivered you out. Mm. So now you're commemorating the Sabbath. I mean, the Sabbath is kept as a commemoration of the redemption work. Mm. Right, so we can say we're keeping the Sabbath, um, but you cannot qualify to be a shadow mm. because now the Sabbath can also, if it if if it reminds of redemption of Israel, mm. we are spiritual Israel and we are in spiritual Egypt, mm. and we are waiting for that deliverance. So mm. it also points to that greater deliverance which is going to take place. Mm. You know, so the Sabbath, it can never be a shadow. Mm. It was not a shadow. Absolutely. All right, so. In, in his book, um, in Henry Morris's book, Biblical Creationism, page 61, he writes, The observance of the Sabbath day, that is the rest day, was not instituted by this, was not instituted by this commandment, that is the fourth commandment um, given at Mount Sinai, for it had been practiced by mankind ever since the actual week of creation when God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because he had rested from all his work which God created and made. So, on that note, as you've just mentioned now, the first week was Christ's week. Mm. Hence, there is no commandment recorded in Genesis that instructs Adam and Eve to observe the Sabbath mm. because it was Christ's week. It had, Adam and Eve had no business in Christ's week. It was given to them after the creation week, immediately after the creation week. If you look at the story of Moses, um, Moses, or rather Pharaoh, well, Pharaoh and Moses, um, Pharaoh speaks to Moses and he says, Wherefore do he, Aaron and Moses, make the people rest from their works? Get ye to your burdens. Right? The word rest is the Hebrew word Shabbat, which is what where we get our word Sabbath from. So, even then, Moses and Aaron instructed, way before Sinai, Moses and Aaron instructed the people on the observance of the Sabbath and it angered Pharaoh. Mm. Meaning that it was 
it was not something that was forgotten. Exactly. It was something that it has always there. been there. If you look at if you look at Genesis 26 verse 5, it's being of Abraham it says that because that Abraham obeyed my voice, kept my charge, my commandments, my mm-hmm. statutes and my laws. Mm-hmm. So Abraham kept God's laws, he kept God's commandments. Hence mm-hmm. God now when he introduces the law, if it was for the first time introducing the law, he was never going to say remember the Sabbath day. How could you have? You can't remember something you don't know. Exactly. Something you've never been taught, you cannot remember that. Mm-hmm. All right, the same book, page 253, says, With the passing of centuries, the Sabbath eventually became almost exclusively associated with the religious ceremonies of the nation of Israel. Even though the Creator had hallowed it originally for all men, when the Creator eventually became man, however, in the person of Jesus Christ, he stressed that it had never been intended as a mere Jewish religious ritual as the Pharisees had distorted it, but for the good of all men. The Sabbath became something that people did not like because they associated it with the Jews. Mm. So the Christian wanting to be a separate, wanting to have their own identity separate from the Jews, uh, distanced themselves. Um, if you look at the early church and mm. the whole story around that they wanted to distance themselves and hence it was baptized sunday came in and sunday was baptized Mm. um, and it was considered the christian sabbath and to distance themselves from the jewish sabbath but i would like to suggest that there's no such thing as a jewish sabbath Mm. only a biblical sabbath Mm -hmm. yeah because in creation was when the sabbath was instituted there was neither jew nor gentile exactly it was mankind Exactly. And now, as well, um, I've also learned not too long ago a very powerful point in that, you know, I'm sure you've also come across, you know, that the Christian loves, or the modern Christian loves to talk about the new covenant, mm. right? And it has its place. It's, it's you know, I, I, I get that. Um, but the but concerning this new covenant, it is stressed that the law was changed. Mm. Um, that the, the Sunday is now the new day of rest in the new covenant. Right. However, that does not make sense legally. It cannot be as well. There are many reasons, but specifically legally, it cannot be because the testament, which is um, the will of God, if you will, testimony meaning will, mm. um, it was made binding at the cross, right? So a will is settled, a will is established in stone, if you will. It is immutable once the, the testator, is that correct? Or once the, the, the person dies, mm. then the will becomes fixed, right? Mm. While you're still alive, you can, you can change. You can mm. alter it. Uh, I want to include someone in my world. You mm. can do so. But once you die, the world is that's it. It's mm. fixed. So, had Christ wanted to change, or had he foreseen that he's going to change the Sabbath from the one day to the next day, mm. he had to do that before well, he died. Mm. Which is like mind-blowing. Mm. It's like all these legal aspects and this legal... Yeah. Uh, details surrounding the covenant. So the disciples going meeting together in the week, mm. 
that does not mean it was a command a new commandment to meet now on every day of the week mm-hmm. it distorts the whole meaning of the sabbath mm-hmm. so we also see that christ is israel's redeemer right now if we go through the history of ancient israel we realize that jesus himself was the one that redeemed israel from egypt and then he gave them the ten commandments if you look at exodus 3 verse 13 and 14 then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers hath sent me to you. And they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? Hmm. And God said to Moses, I am who I am. Hmm. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Hmm. That's actually a very interesting aspect now, because if you come to John 8, Verse 58 and 59, we see what that meant. We see Christ echoing the very same sentiments there. He says, Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. 59, then they took up stones to throw at him, but Jesus himself, um, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and Mm. so passed by. Mm. And then we go to John 1, verse 1, 2, 3, and 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Mm. So if we look at the Passover specifically, we've touched on this previously, but we see that the perfect lamb of the Passover will now be sacrificed, right? Jesus lived a perfect sinless life and he kind of wove or created or made that robe of perfection for us, right? And the moment he died on the cross, paying the penalty for his sins, he said, it is finished, just like it did at creation, right? Mm. So redemption was paid at the cross. He mm. fully purchased us, right? So then now, what? here's a question you can ask. What day and hour did Jesus say it is finished? Mm. If you look at Matthew 27, verse 46. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken mm. me? And then we further jump to John 19, verse 30. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up the mm. spirit. And then Luke 23, verse 46. And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. So when Jesus died, he actually, fulf- he actually fulfilled the sacrifice of the Passover lamb. Mm. Now, if we looked um, at, at what time the Passover was sacrificed anciently, back when the first Passover was kept in Egypt, um, if you look at Exodus 12, verse 6, you'll see when the Passover was kept, or what time it was killed. And and it's also also very interesting to note that in the in the re- Redemption week, that is the week um, preceding Christ's death. When he hanged on the cross, he said, it is finished. So he had worked, right? In that week, he had worked. Mm. Now he says it is finished. Mm. Then he rests. 
Mm. In the same way at creation week, Christ worked. Then it says now in Genesis chapter 2, it says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished mm. and all the host of them. Mm. And then Christ rests. Mm. Ah, just beautiful. Yeah. Exodus chapter 12 verse 6 says, Now you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. Mm-hmm. So now most most Bible versions translated to evening or twilight, right? But the Hebrew literally says that the lamb was killed between the two evenings, mm. right? So when the sun began to descend from the meridian, it was first. It was the first evening. When the sun began to descend from the meridian, it was the first evening. And when the sun set, was the second evening. It was the evening of the sixth day, right? Which is a mm. Friday, right? Jesus had just finished his work of redemption for the human race. The debt for sin had been fully paid, right? Mm. So now you look, Jesus precisely died at 3 o'clock in the afternoon on what Christians call now today Good Friday. Mm. So like you said, Jesus had finished all his work, Mm. right? He had worked his six days or his Mm. whatever the amount of time he took to work. And then on a Friday between the two evenings, mm. specifically on three o'clock, it was on time. Mm. If he didn't die on time, the plan of redemption was not going to um, be fulfilled. Exactly. He had to die three o'clock because that was the time that the Passover was to be killed. So when he was finished with his work of redemption, of buying back the human race, he then says on the cross, it is finished. Mm-hmm. Right? Redemption work has now come to a completion. It's finished and then he died. Mm-hmm. So here we see that Christ is the Redeemer. Mm-hmm. Mm. One point I've noticed was that Christ, as you've pointed out, he died on the Friday. Then he rested on the Sabbath. Then he got up to work, my brother. Mm. He didn't get up to rest. Yeah. He rested on the Sabbath. Yeah. He got up to work on Sunday. There was no resting on Sunday. So, yeah, yeah, just another point. Again, straight early morning, the Bible says, early morning, mm. Jesus was up. He was working. He was up. <laughs> Let's read. And it's interesting also, if you look at the cross, like I think it's Matthew 27, when Jesus was hanging on the cross and they took him down to the grave, the woman couldn't even touch his body and then and put um, perfumes on his body because they saw that the sun was setting. It was almost time for Sabbath. Mm. So while Christ was keeping the Sabbath, his followers as well had to go back and leave his body and go keep mm. the Sabbath. Mm. That's how important this mm. commandment had been. Mm. Let's read Luke chapter 23 verse 54. It says, That day was the preparation and the Sabbath drew near. 55 and 56 as well. And the women who had come with him from Galilee followed after. And they observed the tomb, how his body was laid. Then they returned and prepared spices and fragrant oils, and they rested on the Sabbath day according to the commandment. Oh, mm. yeah, we just spoke about this. Exactly. Now, in order to understand, well, according to the Bible, what was Jesus doing on that Sabbath day? Let's go back to Exodus chapter 16. Mm. Let's read from verse 19 to 20. Mm. And Moses said, let no, let no one leave any until the morning. Speaking of the manna here. Notwithstanding, they did not heed Moses, but some of them left part of it until the morning, and the and it bred worms and stank, and Moses was angry with them. I like this typology of mm, the manna mm. because it, it, it really 
it answers so many questions. Mm. For example, I think I've mentioned this before. There are some who who believe that Christ was crucified on a Wednesday. Mm. It destroys the typology. Mm. The manna remained uncorrupted on the Friday yeah. through to the Sabbath. So it, it cannot be. It, it The manna was only preserved on the Sabbath. It was not preserved from the Thursday, Wednesday evening, Thursday, Friday. It was preserved only during the Sabbath. Mm. So it just it destroys the idea of a, a Wednesday crucifixion. And that's what's so beautiful about the Bible is that the Bible, it answers itself. It explains mm. itself. If you have questions, we just have to study these mm. things and it will tell us. So let's turn to um, Exodus, the same chapter, 16. Let's look at verse 23 to 24. Mm. It says, Then he said unto them, This is what the Lord has said. Tomorrow is a Sabbath rest. A holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake today, and boil what you will boil, and lay up for yourselves all that remains to be kept until morning. So they laid it up till the morning as Moses commanded, and it did not stink, nor were there any worms in it. Hmm. Now, typologically speaking, what did this manner hmm. represent? What did it symbolize? Hmm. This manner that did not stink, that was not corrupted, that was miraculously preserved. Let's look at, for the answer in John chapter 6. Mm. Let's read verse 51. You see Jesus there saying that, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. Mm -hmm. And that bread shall I give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. Mm. So the, the reigning of the manna was messianic. Mm. It was a prophecy. Mm. Let's read Psalm 16, verse 8 to 10. Mm. I've, I've set I've the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in shoal, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. Right, so this is messianic. In the same way that the manna was not corrupted, that it was preserved, this was a type of Christ who did not see corruption. His flesh did not decay, in other words, because he was the living manna. So mm. Christ... Um, body that did not decay was a fulfillment of prophecy, right? In Psalm 16 verse 9, he says, my flesh shall rest in hope. So that very Sabbath, Christ was resting, right? He was resting and we now are to enter into that rest. What? Into that rest. We now are to enter into that rest, the rest of Christ. So in the same way, if we go back now to creation week, Christ works, mm. he rests, then he gives the rest to Adam and Eve, to mankind. Mm. So now Christ works. He comes to this earth. He lives a perfect life that you and I should live. Mm. He dies the death that you and I should die. Mm. Right? He rests now. And now you and I are to enter into that finished work. Mm. Now you may ask yourselves, just getting back to what we were speaking about earlier, does this now mean that it is symbolic? I think we've already answered that question. It does not mean that 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 we are in, we are to enter into a, a a rest and the Sabbath is now done away with. Mm. No, the Sabbath is the very symbol of that rest. 
Um, and we will we will deal with the faith aspect of this rest, this mm. Sabbath rest in the very next episode. So let's read Acts chapter 2 verse 25 and 27. For David says concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is at my right hand, that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also rest in hope, because you will not leave my soul in in Hades, mm-hmm. nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. Mm-hmm. Let's read verse 31. Verse 31 saying that seeing what was I heard, he spoke of the resurrection of Christ, that he was not abandoned to the grave, nor did his body see decay. Mm-hmm. So if you go back to the Ark of the Covenant, mm. right, where the law was, what was placed beside? The, bes- the ceremonial law. Yes. Um, if you go back to the Ark of the Covenant now, mm. you have the testimonies that's inside mm. the Ark. In the Ark of the Covenant, we are told, I think we dealt with this last week or so, mm. where the tables of the testimony was placed in the Ark, but we were also told that the manna was placed um, in the side of the Ark as well. And this pointed to the Sabbath. It pointed to the the death of Christ mm. and the preservation of his body, which was not to decay. So... Many times, you know, we read these things, but we overlook it, the the significance of these symbols. And if we study this, we we see and we realize that the Sabbath was significant and it was foretold in prophecy by the manna. It was pointed to and, and it demonstrated the importance of the Sabbath that Christ himself would come and rest now. Mm. But this time it wouldn't be resting from creation. It would be resting from redemption. Mm. Mm. So then the argument is Sabbath was a sad day, but Sunday was a happy day. Mm. Right? First, Jesus had tried to tell them that he would die and resurrect the first day. He told them more than once, mm-hmm. twice, thrice, that he was going to die. Right? But these disciples didn't comprehend what he was trying to say. And second, Sunday was not a happy day because they did not even believe that Jesus had resurrected until Sunday night. Mm. Right? So they still had that unbelief. All right. If they had truly understood the manna episode, how they rested would have been different. Mm. It would have been a rest day of joyous expectancy. They would have truly entered God's rest. Right? The creator was Jesus. So this was Jesus' rest. The problem is that they they read the Old Testament without Christ. Mm. That's the problem. So the Sabbath that Jesus died, or the, that Jesus was in the grave, it was very sad for the disciples. Mm-hmm. Even the Sunday was also sad mm-hmm. because they didn't even believe that he was resurrected until the night only. Mm-hmm. So, but if they understood what happened with manna and they linked the manna to mm-hmm. Jesus as the bread of life, because he had told them that I am the bread of life. Mm-hmm. They would have understood exactly what was going on. And the Sabbath day was going to be a, a happy day, mm. you know. And they were going to be expecting Christ the Sunday morning, you know. So, and then he resurrected on the first day of the week. Some say that Jesus chose Sunday as the day of his resurrection because he wanted his church to observe Sunday mm-hmm. as, a, as the day of rest to commemorate the resurrection. But that has no biblical basis whatsoever. Mm. And know? we've already explained now that Christ, if he wanted to change, he had to change it before, before he died. Not after he dies. Yeah. 
But we see now that the significant was not Sunday, but the Sabbath was the, the, the significant. If he rested in the tomb, he would have had to resurrect on Sunday. And Pentecost 50 days later would also have to be on what? Sunday. On Sunday. So Jesus had to rest on, 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 on the Saturday mm -hmm. in order to keep the typology going. He couldn't spoil any typology. The key day was not Sunday, but the Sabbath. Christians think that Jesus resurrected on Sunday because he wanted to make Sunday special. But the real reason is that he had to rest in the tomb on the Sabbath from his works of redemption. And this necessitated him resurrecting the day after the Sabbath. Right? Mm. So he died at 3 o'clock, which is mm. between the two evenings. His body was then taken down from the cross and prepared for burial as the Passover lamb was prepared. Shortly before sundown, his body was buried. Right? So before sundown, mm. right? when he died on the cross, before sundown, they took, out his, they took his body off the cross and placed it in the grave so that he could rest. He rested from all his work of redemption in the tomb all day Sabbath and his body did not see corruption because he was a what? The living man. He rested early in the first day of the week. Mm. Resurrected. I mean, he resurrected early in the first day of the week, like we said, to begin work. Because mm. Sunday is not... And it's, it's, it's weird if they say, okay, we, let's keep Sunday. Mm -hmm. Then at least you must obey Sunday fully and not mm. do any work on Sunday. Mm-hmm. But you see, the Sunday keepers, they go to church and then two hours later they're in the mall or they're doing whatever that has nothing to do with the worship. So we can just see how it's just a distorted meaning because now Sunday is just you go to church and you come back and you continue with your life as normal. So it's not really a rest day to someone of that faith. Yeah. Hence now they will tell you that every day is a Sabbath mm. because they do not understand the true concept mm. of rest, mm. ceasing mm. from labor. Yeah, yeah. So Christians talk about Palm Sunday, Ash Wednesday, Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Resurrection Sunday, but Sabbath gets lost in the shuffle. I don't understand. Sunday cannot be holy because that is not the day that Jesus rested. Right? It is the, it is the rest of Jesus that makes the day holy. Like we saw in Genesis, the, um, the seventh day only became holy because Jesus rested in it. I, I like that going back to the root. Mm. I like to emphasize, let's go to the original. Let's trace, uh, I think, um, yeah, let's let's trace it all the way back mm. to, the, to the root, to the original, and then you can understand why. And it's, it's so nicely the way you put it now is that Sunday, it cannot have any significance other than uh, Sunday is not significantly different to Monday, mm. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. It's the same as any other day of the week except for Saturday. Mm. Mm. And simply because Christ rested on the seventh day. He did not rest on the first day. Yeah. And it comes back to our previous point as well. That you can't... If Sunday, which is the first day of the week, if that was the rest day, then it destroys the commandment because how can you rest first and then work? Mm. You have to rest from yeah. work. You yeah. have to cease from your labors. So mm. it, it makes sense to have the rest day on the seventh day. Mm. 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 So then Sabbath was never lost. It is always the Sabbath of the Lord. Right? It is always, it will always be the Sabbath of the Lord. If Sabbath today is not the same day, then Sunday is not the same day either. Because mm. you cannot just change one thing when it's, this is like all, if you change one, you must change all. Uh, have you ever been 
told or asked, um, how do you know that Saturday is the Sabbath? Mm. Have you ever been mm. asked that? Mm. that, that, that that's uh, quite a common as well. Mm. But but ask the same person, how do you know, how do you know Sunday? Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> the, you, you see that it's, it's... But the Bible clearly says that on the first day, Jesus was mm-hmm. ra- raised. Mm-hmm. It says the first day. And mm. even when they celebrate Easter, mm. they start from where? Mm. From Friday. Exactly. Yeah. Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. The calendars are trying to be changed, but mm-hmm. they cannot destroy that week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think they, they, they attempted to destroy the week so mm-hmm. much, mm-hmm. but the week is still standing. Right? Uh, yeah. So you cannot change Sabbath and not change Sunday. You'll have to change Sunday as well. Right? Jesus would not have kept the wrong day. He would not have made that mistake. Right? Sabbath, worship and judgment are linked. Mm. So you cannot enter the ju- or you cannot stand in the judgment if you do not keep the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Then you're not worthy mm-hmm. of being judged. You know? So these three are important. The Sabbath, worship and mm-hmm. judgment, they are linked. It goes mm-hmm. hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Hence, we stayed so much on the topic of the judgment. Now, yeah. <laughs> so why are they linked, you should ask, right? Mm-hmm. We worship God because he is a creator mm-hmm. and he has a right to judge us because we are his creatures. Mm-hmm. He has a right to our worship and the right to judge us. Satan has, however, attempted to erase the memory of Christ in the contemporary world. He wants to eradicate from the people's mind the creator, so he tries to erase the sign. Mm-hmm. He wants people to think that they are not accountable to the creator and therefore they will not be judged as creatures. Mm-hmm. So it's clear that Satan is trying to destroy the Sabbath mm-hmm. because the Sabbath bears the name of God. Mm-hmm. It tells us who was the one responsible for the earth or for the heaven and the earth, everything that we see and who we are. Sabbath tells us who is who's responsible for that. So getting back to Revelation chapter 14, verse 7, it says now, And worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea, and the fountains of water. As you have stated now, it points to it points to the creation worshiping the creator. Mm. Right? So we we've studied now and we see that the Sabbath is the only commandment that points to Christ as the creator, the fourth commandment. Out of all ten, it is the only one Mm. that highlights the creative and redemptive aspects of Christ. Mm. You can find that in Exodus chapter 20 and Deuteronomy chapter 5. Look at the fourth commandment. Mm. Now, we've spoken about this previously. Uh, We have spoken about this previously. um, The events surrounding 1844. Now, during this time, the Millerite movement, or after the, the Great Disappointment, um, there was, people understood that the earth, um, to make a long story short, um, this is a study on its own, but to make a long story short, the people understood that the earth was not the sanctuary, and that the earth would not be cleansed, that rather it was the heavenly sanctuary that needed to be cleansed. Hence now, the people desired to look into the most holy place of the sanctuary and there they saw the ark of the covenant and inside they saw the tables of stone Mm. 
And there they saw the law of God. And in the Ten Commandments, they saw the fourth commandment, mm. right? So the consequences out of this great disappointment, out of this bittersweet experience was that people's attention was now fixed on the law. And in the law, they saw the fourth commandment. And now they looked at themselves and saw, but hang on, we are observing the first day of the week. We are keeping Sunday. But the law of God points to the seventh day of the week. What's going on here? So out of this whole movement, the people's minds were pointed to the creator, specifically that aspect of Christ, his creator, uh, he is the creator and he is the redeemer. Now, around this time, we also mentioned, um, we spoke about this before in passing. Around this time, around the year 1844, we see the Darwinian evolution theory coming about. Um, we see intelligent design. We see progressive creation. We see the new age philosophies, um, the science all these things are now pointing and turning our attention away from the Creator. It's very interesting now that Christ calls our attention to the Creator and Satan knows this and sees this. So now he endeavors to turn our, our focus away from the Creator. So the tragic truth is that in all of these movements, all of these philosophies, man-made philosophies, new age theories, and etc., they are no longer merely the belief system of the secular, but it has now, um, it has escalated or it has rolled now into the religious circles as well. So, for example, the theory of evolution has been embraced by the Roman Catholic Church. In fact, it was a Roman Catholic that proposed the theory of the Big Bang. Mm. Right? Now, the Big Bang completely, the Big Bang is incompatible with the Bible, completely incompatible. Uh, while some people may believe that it's compatible, it's just bluntly not mm. compatible. So it again takes your focus away from the Creator. Right? So all these theories are even in religious circles. So not only the Roman Catholic Church, but even by some Protestant evangelical scholars, I mean, even some in Seventh day Adventist universities. Mm are teaching these ideas, these ideologies. Um, if we look at the Catechism of the Catholic Church, 1994, page 87, we read, God himself created the visible world in all its richness, diversity, and order. Scripture presents the work of the Creator symbolically as a succession of six days of divine work conclu concluded by the rest of the seventh day. Right, so they acknowledge the rest of the seventh day. Right, now let's read uh, what Pope John Paul II had to say at the Pontifical Academy of Science on October 22, 1996. He says, It is indeed remarkable that this theory has been progressively accepted by researchers following a series of discoveries in various fields of knowledge. The convergence neither sought nor fabricated of the results of work that was conducted independently is in itself a significant argue in favor of this theory. Let's read what Stephen Swanson has to say um, in a Chicago Tribune entitled Pope Bolster's 
church support for evolution. In a major statement of the Roman Catholic Church's position on the theory of evolution, Pope John Paul II has proclaimed that the theory is more than just a hypothesis. Can you believe that? And that evolution is compatible with Christian faith. In a written message to the Pontifical Academy of Sciences, the Pope said that the theory of evolution has been but stressed by scientific studies and discoveries since Charles Darwin. If taken literally, the biblical view of the beginning of life and Darwin's scientific view would seem irreconcilable. I agree with that. In Genesis, the creation of the world and Adam, the first human, took six days. Evolution's process of genetic mutation and natural selection, the survival um, of the fittest new species has taken billions of years according to scientists. Right, so they agree that the two is incompatible. However, they say it is so. They 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 are view that if you take it literally, it's you you cannot reconcile the two ideas. Therefore, they do not take it literally. In fact, the current Pope Pope Francis was quoted as saying that if we um, take the creation week as literal, we run the risk of viewing God as someone with a magic wand, um, something to that extent. You know, the, the way these people speak is straight from the, from the dragon, straight from Satan. Mm. 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 And then they call themselves Christians. So now you understand why the, the Catholic faith holds the Bible in esteem, but according to their interpretation. So... We believe in the Bible, but as we interpret it. So church tradition is above the Bible in that regard. Hence, now it's perfectly okay for them to reconcile the two, to reconcile science and the Bible, the biblical account of creation. It's like a buffet, they pick and choose exactly. what they want in the Bible and what they don't want. And all of this takes our focus away from the Creator. Truth, truth mixed with error. So many of them are actually willing to admit that the right of Genesis believed that the days of creation were literal, consecutive, contiguous, 24-hour days. But they say that the writer was wrong. Mm. But in the Hebrew lexicon, it's defined as the days of Genesis as 24 literal days, evening and morning. You know, And the Bible actually says throughout the, the first chapter of Genesis, Evening and morning was the first day. Evening and morning was... God was emphasizing so because he knew these foolish arguments are going to come with no biblical basis, with no scientific proof whatsoever. But he made it plain in the Bible that evening and morning was the first day. Same right through. So the word actually appears 150 times in the Old Testament. The word day. It actually appears 150 times in the Old Testament. It always refers to a literal day. No exceptions of the fourth commandment. Because some say the fourth commandment is also spiritual. You enter into his rest, but it's a spiritual rest that you enter into. Therefore, the Sabbath is not literal. Mm. It's like so much attack from all angles on the Sabbath. And many are sincere, mm. but they're just not understanding. Just, just my question is, why one out of the ten? Why one? Mm. The, that is the nine, the, the rest, nine, no problem. This one. This uh, the main one. It's this one. It's just this one that they have a problem with. So, it all boils down to do you have faith in the Bible as God's word or not? 
you know. It's either you have faith or you don't have faith. Because as Christians, we don't disregard science. Because many people think that, no, Christians cannot um, reconcile what they say with science. No, we don't disregard science. If science is in line with what the Bible says, then <laughs> we'll gladly receive science. Mm. In fact, we use science to prove many mm. theological things in the Bible. Mm. And it actually becomes more beautiful. And science actually makes more sense when you add the Bible to it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, whether you believe the Big Bang or evolution and not believe the Bible and you say, no, the Bible, you're just believing in an unknown God, in faith, whatever. Mm-hmm. Both sides require a leap of faith. Mm-hmm. No one has ever seen the Big Bang. Mm-hmm. No one has ever seen a human being transforming into an ape or an ape transfer. Mm-hmm. You have never seen that. Mm-hmm. It was just someone that wrote theories that change every year. Have you ever noticed how many textbooks of science there are? There's a lot. <laughs> Every year there's a new one. At school they tell you, no, we're not doing this, not this edition. We're mm-hmm. using the latest edition. Mm-hmm. The Bible, since then... One edition. One edition. <laughs> and Satan tried to make many versions. Mm. It still never worked. The Bible has one edition, one story. Mm. No change. So I think I'll cost my lot with the Sabbath keepers. I'll cost my lot with the, with the Bible-believing Christians. Mm. It, it makes much more sense. Right? And the Sabbath is also a future sign. We see in Isaiah 66, verse 22 and 23. For as the new heavens and the new earth, which I will make, shall remain before me, says the Lord, so shall your descendants and your name remain. Verse 23. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another, and from one Sabbath to another, all flesh shall come to worship before me, says the Lord. All right, let's look at Revelation 22, verse 1 and 2. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Two, in the middle of its streets and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore twelve fruits, each yielding its fruit every month. Mm. Um, then we can also look at um, alright so there will be months in the new earth so this must mean that they will also be days and years so what do we do with Revelation 21 verse 23 Hmm. let's look at that the city had no need of the sun or the moon to shine in it for the glory of God illuminated it the lamb is the light so we will see the creation of the new heavens and the new earth. Then will we come forth from month to month and Sabbath to Sabbath to worship before the Lord. Mm. All in all, let's go back to Revelation chapter 14 verse 7. It says, Worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of, of water. This is the climax of the first angel's message. Mm. Worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea, and the springs of the water. And if we study this, we have no uh, choice but to conclude that the Sabbath is the seventh day and we are to keep and observe it. It is binding. We have no other choice but to conclude that. Let's read Revelation chapter 14 verse 9 and verse 10. Revelation As we chapter close off. 14, verse 19. If anyone worship the beast in his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full into the cup of 
of his indignation. Mm-hmm. Now we're getting to the second and the third angel's message. Mm. Like now we see in verse 9, it says, if anyone worship the beast, now there's a counterfeit worship. Mm. Now we understand why we first had to study the first angel, mm. why we first had mm. to study the worship of God. Mm. Because now we will see that there is a counterfeit mm. worship, mm. right? And we will deal with that um, in future episodes. Right, so God will have a people in these days. Yeah. And this people will preach a literal consecutive seven-day creation week. And this people will admonish the world to keep the Sabbath and to commemorate it. We can see through this study that the Sabbath is the sign of the living God. It is His seal. Any seal contains the title, the office, and the dominion. If you look at the seal of the President of the United States, it says Joe Biden. President of the United States, Joe Biden is his name. President is his office. United States is his dominion. If you go back to the fourth commandment, it says, For in six days, the Lord, Yahweh, that is his name, the Lord made, that is his office, creator, he made heavens and earth, the sea and the fountains of water. That is his dominion. So this is his seal and it is the only place where it is found is in the fourth commandment. So may the Lord bless us. May the Lord convict us of the truth of the Sabbath. And may we proclaim it to the world. Is my prayer. Shall we pray? Our loving Heavenly Father, Lord, we want to thank you for your word. Where would we be without your word? without your counsel, without your instruction, your reproof, your rebukes, and your counsel. Thank you, Father God, for the light of your word. Thank you, Lord, that we can study your word. And thank you, Father God, that your Holy Spirit guides and instructs us. Thank you, Father God, that we do not have to scratch our heads. We do not have to wrestle. We do not have to think long and hard about this. We thank you, Father God, that your word explains itself. How amazing is your word, living and alive, speaking to us each and every day. Thank you, Father God, for your Sabbath. Thank you, Lord God, that you saw it fit that we can rest every seventh day. Thank you, Lord, that by so doing as a symbol, we can rest in, that we can enter into your rest that we can enter into your completed works. Help us understand, Father God, more fully the biblical truth of yourself. Thank you, Lord God, that we can study your word. I pray, Lord, that you will bless the reading of your word. For we ask this in the name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening. We trust that you were blessed by today's talk. Please do share it with your family and friends and subscribe so that you don't miss a new episode.